Welcome to Leading Behind the Scene. I'm your host, Gwendolyn Young, the go-to business and operations consultant for six-figure CEOs who are ready to greet their next level of growth. And I'm ready to share tools, strategies, and tips to help you excel in your business and your life. If you're a service-based entrepreneur, be sure to join me each Thursday. Find me on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And don't forget to follow the show on your favorite podcast player so you never miss an episode. And if you love the content, leave me a rate and review. Now let's get into today's episode. Hey, beautiful people. It's Gwendolyn Young here from your virtual admin expert and welcome to Leading Behind the Scene, your weekly dose of inspiration to equip you to excel in business and life. This month, we are still talking about the F word. Get your minds out the gutter, okay? Because I'm talking about finances. That's what I'm talking about. So I don't know what y'all thinking about. So finances, so super key to entrepreneurs. So as entrepreneurs, we need to be paying attention to the coins coming in and out of our business. And we need to be looking at those monthly reports and using them to make better business decisions. So I am super glad to be talking today to Jermaine Giomi. Did I say that right? It's Guillaume, but it's okay. Guillaume. See, that's yes. why I apologize because I'm like, I know, I know I'm a butcher it. Guillaume, y'all. Okay. She is fast becoming one of my biz BFFs. We are in a mastermind group together that we both participate in. And we did virtual coffee one day and it was just a whole vibe from there on. So let me tell you guys a little bit about her, right? She's amazing. Jermaine is the CEO and founder of Visionary Accounting Group. She's an entrepreneur at heart with a passion for numbers. She likes numbers. I don't like numbers. Remember that. She likes numbers. She enjoys helping nonprofit organizations navigate the complex world of accounting in order to experience growth. Her experience in the accounting field expands over 10 years, and that was the catalyst for her creating her own firm. She founded Visionary Accounting Group in 2015 and has been helping nonprofits leverage technology as a means to gain deeper financial insight and real-time data. Today, Jermaine has led the company in recouping over 2.8 million in receivables. That means money, y'all. Through workflow automation and accounting system conversions, she's aided clients through external and agency audits, integrated tech solutions, strategic management reporting, and preparation for funding and financing. She's also an avid traveler, loves reading, and is passionate about educating others on financial literacy. So on any given day, you can find her discussing important money matters and awaiting her next traveling adventure. So let's start at the beginning, because I love hearing about everybody's journey to how they became an entrepreneur. So how did you get here? Like what happened back in 2015 that you were like, I'm starting my own company? Honestly, so back in 2015, I actually was still working a nine to five. But when I graduated college, I had always been doing like taxes on the side. So always still kind of like with a little small side hustle. In 2015, my mom and I actually purchased or bought into a franchise, a tax franchise. And that was kind of like the first, I guess, getting my feet wet with entrepreneurship. But I still was working a nine to five. That didn't pan out the way we wanted it to, but it really did open my eyes to kind of like 
other things that I could be doing, what people really wanted from me. And so that was the catalyst for that. And so I was, you know, steady doing taxes on the side. I had a couple of bookkeeping clients here and there. And then in 2018, when I had my daughter, that was really the, I don't think I'm going back to nine to five feeling or thoughts for me just because business was picking up, but also they wanted me back in three months. And I was like, I'm, three months is not enough time. It's my first baby. I wanted to be home. And so I told my husband, I was like, yeah, I don't think I'm going back. I did not go back. And here I am. <laughs> babies, the babies look at you every single time, mm-hmm. every single time. So let's talk about something that I have seen a lot in entrepreneurship, just working behind the scenes with my clients. Like they are so afraid to look at the numbers. Why are entrepreneurs afraid to look at the numbers? What is that about? Well, I think the first thing is because when they get into business, of course, they want to make money. But anything beyond that, as far as like the finance piece, they're really not interested. It's not why they got into business. Right. And so that's the first piece. Um, Another piece is like it's new. You know, I think there's a misconception about it being difficult to learn. People are afraid. And then I noticed, depending on what your personal money habits are, a lot of times that trickles into your business and how you manage your business finances. But unfortunately, if you choose to really stay ignorant towards how your business is performing, what those numbers really are, you're really doing yourself a disservice because then technically, I mean, there's no way that you can convince me that you really know what the health of your organization is. Like Mm -hmm. if you're not looking at your numbers consistently. Wow. That is so good. So how do you think entrepreneurs can like really empower themselves to like just push past that fear and look at their financials differently? So there's like all of these stigmas out there around like being hush hush as it relates to like your money and us not talking about it. That's true. One, if we move the fact that it's like, yes, it's important, but if we make it regular, common, like I think one, that would make it more uh, easy to approach. But then the other piece is like, don't make it such like a heavy thing. Like one of the things that I do is like when I have a money date, usually I have one once a week. I like get a glass of wine. Uh, then I pull out my computer and open up my budget, checking things like you make it fun. You know what I mean? Like, don't make it okay. so heavy. It doesn't have to be so serious. The important part is really doing the check in, really looking and figuring out what yeah. is happening and what is going on. And so if you make it lighter and make it something fun, I think you can then move away from it being so like scary and, you know, and so daunting, like because it really doesn't have to be. Now, I love that. So tell me about your money day. What does that look like? So do you have a designated day every single week or Mm -hmm. is this every month that you look at your financials and like what, like, what does that process look like? So I look at my personal finances once a week, usually on Mondays, it is on my calendar. And I look at my business finances about um, once a month. Sometimes if it is a month though, where things have seemed like it's been moving a little fast, I might look at it a little bit often, but um, I definitely look at it once a month. So the money date personally is really just to check in and see uh, if I've been spending too much cash, like, <laughs> you know, what's happening, right? And um I'm really just checking in to see, like, you know, I look into my bank account. I look at the transactions for the past week, make sure there are no outliers. Nobody, you know, wasn't doing nothing funny in my account or anything, you know, like that. And I make sure, of course, that if it is so happens to falls on a week where I know that something is due, um, then, of course, I'm handling those kinds of things. 
as far as the business is related, it's a little bit more structured just because, you know, it's a little bit more involved. So I'm making sure that um, all of the transactions that flow through my account are correct. Then I'm also make, you know, reconciling them back to the bank statements, doing the same thing for any credit cards or like payment gateways. So gateways. So if you're like using PayPal or Stripe, you know, making mm-hmm. sure all of those things agree and that they're accurate. And then after I do that, I am deep diving into my P&L to see, you know, what is my profit margin? You know, am I spending more than I'm bringing in? Are there expenses that I'm paying? You know how we do like these monthly, (laughs) I'm trying to think, you know, in the business world, I think it's like impersonal. It's like you hear people talk about the gym memberships and stuff like that. But in business, softwares. we sign up for softwares and memberships and programs that we ain't never opened or that we ain't never been into. And every month we just getting charged $47. Look, right. (laughs) Right. So looking into those things, determining, you know, is there, are there areas where I can reduce costs? Um, You know, I'm looking at, you know, if I have multiple streams of income, you know, what are those different streams bringing in? Do I need to cut something because it's not making me any money and increase something else because it's making me more, you know? So really just kind of asking myself critical questions as I look at my numbers and try to analyze them because it really does inform the decisions that I'm going to make, you know, like when I'm setting goals for the next month or sitting down doing annual planning. That is so key. You just dropped a whole bunch of gems. So I hope y'all had y'all notebooks and pens. But one of the things that I think was super important was looking at what are my top money makers. I'm always asking the ladies in my accountability group, what are your three top money makers in your business in terms of the services or the programs or the products that you are selling? You should be able to know what your at least what your top three are, because if it's not profitable, it does not make sense to keep putting resources toward it. It does not make sense to keep spending time on it. It just does not like why it's on the books. It's okay to be like, okay, tried that, did that. It didn't work. It ain't making no money. Like we need to pivot and just stop doing it or figure out what to replace it with to start doing. And I don't think that as entrepreneurs, we sit down and do enough of that. We want to keep pushing something because we created it, right? Like it was our big idea and we want it to work. But if it ain't working, it ain't working. Like let it go. And that is so key because. I think it really does help you to look at your finances differently as well, Mm -hmm. because stop doing that and then lean into the thing that is really making you more money. Shift those resources and that energy and that time into the thing that's making you more money. And then you can make money based on the data versus like feelings, right? So if if you really like offering a service, but maybe it isn't that profitable, right? Or if there's a service that you're like, "Mm, this is okay, but then you check your finance and it's like, wait you know, that's the the service that brought in more money this month, right? So I think that's the other thing that takes away a lot of that feeling because the numbers don't lie. They are what they are. Like, <laughs> yes. So what are some ways, and you shared a couple, what are some ways entrepreneurs can better manage their financials? So you said, looking at those statements, mm-hmm. what are some other things we can do? So one, definitely incorporate the money date to just ease into it and make it, and to remove that whole fear. And then, I would say more so taking a step back from the statements, but make a, you know, it doesn't have to be something drawn out, but have a process for how you approach it. So my recommendation always is to have use accounting software. One, because it removes 
that human error, right? So if you're mm-hmm. tracking in a spreadsheet, one, I find that when people are tracking in a spreadsheet, they're not doing so consistently. And then also, you know, if you don't have an accounting brain, it's very well possible that some mistakes could be made in there. So when you're using software, it kind of just eliminates that a little bit more. And so one, get you some accounting software. I'm a <laughs> proponent of QuickBooks Online, but Wave is free. And I know there's some fresh, I know people use fresh books. So there are some out there, right? So there are others out there. So one, get yourself on some software. And then you want to make sure that you're reviewing all transactions that are flowing in and out of your account, at least on a monthly basis. And then once you're doing that, you want to make sure you're reconciling them back to the source. So whether it's your bank account, your credit card statement, your, um, you know, you're pulling the statements from, you know, Stripe, PayPal. I know, you know, we use different payment gateways and just making sure that what's in your accounting software and what's in those statements actually agree and making sure mm-hmm. that there's nothing in there that is an outlier or an error, right? Because if you find those things and you can, and that's the other piece why you want to do it consistently, because let's just say there is an error, you can, you catch it quicker, right? Versus mm-hmm. you looking at your finances in December, but there was an error made in March, right? And then right. trying to kind of like track that down. And then also the piece that I think is really key is the analyzing. So once you get clear on, okay, this is what I brought in. This is what I spent. These numbers are good. They agree. What kind of decisions do you need to make based on what those numbers are telling you, right? Do you need to reduce costs? Are you thinking about hiring? Do you have the money to hire, right? Uh, Do you need to increase sales? Um, Do you need to discontinue or ramp up a certain service? Uh, is your profit margin healthy, right? So when you start, when you look at them after you've determined, okay, this is all that happened this month, let's just say, what kind of decisions can you make based off of those numbers? And, and another thing is too, to think about what has been on your heart. Like, mm. like, have you been thinking about hiring? Have you been thinking about introducing a new service? And then based on those things that you've already kind of been thinking about toying with, looking at the numbers to see what makes sense for those things that you're thinking about doing. You know, I know some people spend tons of money on like traveling and conferences, professional development, but it's like, you know, when you take a look at that professional development line and you spent all this money, you know, what was the ROI, right? Just thinking through those things in that way, you know, the next time when you're looking to invest in something, you might say to yourself, well, last year I did spend X amount of dollars. I didn't really get anything out of it, or I didn't really pay attention to it, whatever the case may be. Like the whole point is to use your numbers to make decisions. Like you have to make decisions based on the data, right? And that's where those numbers come into play. Did you know there are three operational mistakes most entrepreneurs make when they first start their business? Everything from not thinking through the logistics before launching to not counting them the cost of what it will take to run the business and not understanding the importance of community to the entrepreneurial journey. Head over to threemistakes.systemsandsuccess.com to download your free report to learn more about the three operational mistakes most entrepreneurs make and how to avoid them. I love that. And that is so true because, you know, I even for us, like joining this program, right, with Tasha that we're in our mastermind, it was like, this is going to be the only thing I'm doing this year. Like I ain't spending money on nothing else. Like last year, I bought 55 programs. So it's all like, I'm like, this is it. I'm doing this. I'm committing to this. Ain't nobody else getting my money. <laughs> but, we can get carried away. We can really get carried girl, away. Girl, and you don't realize like how much across time 
that that's really costing you. And then you get to the end of the year and you're like, I spent what? Like, which is why I'm saying like, you know, so, you know, let's say you're looking at things on a monthly basis, but then when you're doing your annual planning, you know, you run those statements back 12 months, right? Look at the year at a glance yes. and let that inform some of those decisions and goals and things that you have for the next year. Cause I was the same way I spent. To, and I think too, sometimes for us too, there's this notion of got to get another certificate. Got like, we yes. like not enough training, not enough learning. <laughs> yes. And yes. I have to put a cap on myself too and say like, trust yourself, you know, enough. There are certain areas maybe yeah. that you need to work on, but take your time, right? You don't have to do everything at once and then vet things and people. And you know what I mean? Just because I love that. You can easily waste money out here in these internet streets. Girl, that's a whole nother topic for another day. We don't have to come <laughs> back and talk about that one. Sheesh. Look, matter of fact, let me make a little note. Because uh, that's a whole nother segment. So you mentioned too, like using those numbers to, to make business decisions. So are there, like, is there a scale or a percentage that we as entrepreneurs should keep in mind when we're thinking about, okay, this is the revenue I have and I really want to hire somebody. Should, should like my team costs be, shouldn't go over a certain percentage or things like, like, what, is there a scale or something that we can use as a guide? So not really a scale, but it really is going to be dependent on your industry. And so I can, okay. you know, I can use my, myself as an example. So I run an accounting firm, right? And so I'm constantly kind of like checking in on my finances. Now, when it was time for me to bring on a bookkeeper at first, I'm like, okay, wait, I don't know that I can afford this person. But then when I take a step back and I think about it, I'm like, okay, but if I bring this person on and they're working X amount of hours a week, which means that's X amount of hours, I'm not doing that work and can focus on, let's say, the marketing and bring in new clients. And I start thinking about that return. It's like, wait, hold on. Maybe I can, you know, maybe I do need to find a way to figure out, can I afford that higher? Mm -hmm. Maybe it just, and I think Tasha taught us this too. And maybe it just doesn't have to be at the number of, you know, like a full time, you know, sometimes we think yeah. immediately think we got a yeah. whole 70K salary with benefits and all of that. And that's not the case. Yes. I think you really have to think about what what is the end goal. And I just use hiring as an example, but like, what is that end goal? Because sometimes you got to make it affordable, right? So do you got to cut down the hours? Do you have to stop spending on something else in order to Girl. afford this? Because you know that this is going to make you more money in the long run. So not necessarily a chart you can follow, but I, I do say it is important to kind of keep your ear to the ground as it relates to like industry benchmarks. So whatever industry you're in. So for example, I mainly work with nonprofits now because when I first got started, I worked with everybody. <laughs> so I mainly work with nonprofits now. So that means me like keeping an ear to the ground as to what is trending in the mm. industry, right? What is the average budget that, you know, the size, certain size nonprofits are managing, you know, and is my, are my yeah. clients in line with that, right? So thinking along those lines, but also knowing too that if you have a vision, if you trust yourself, make sure you aren't leaning too much on outside sources because yeah. we also need to learn how to like trust our intuition as well. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. And I think you just have to look at what makes sense for you and your business, right? When I wanted to make a couple of hires on my team, it was like, okay, I'm gonna have to take a little bit less for myself in the beginning. But in the in the long run, like when I thought about like if I do this, that person is gonna like 10 times what I can do, which means that's another client, which means that's more income coming in every single month. So mm -hmm. 
I'm like, it makes sense. So let me let me like give myself five hundred dollars a month. You know, mm-hmm. I'm gonna reduce what I'm taking by five. Mm-hmm. Give it to this person, right, and, right. and let's go make three or four k a month off of that. Right, it's like so- that makes sense. Right, and sometimes we have to because I think too we have to also be careful not to fall too too far on that scarcity mindset either. Yeah. So I know that a lot of times there's a lot of talk about what can you cut, what can you reduce, what can you reduce, but don't forget you can also make more money. Right. So yes. sometimes it's okay, yes, I really need to make this higher. And now that that made this higher, how am I gonna pay for her? Where yes. am I? You know yes. what I mean? So like let's also start thinking about okay, I know that I need to do this. So that means I need to go find me two more clients because two that more part. clients is gonna pay for this. So you know also thinking about that too, because I think sometimes it's like it's but so much you can cut. You know, like before you're like, okay, I'm down, I'm stripped down to the bare bones. Now what? You gotta go make more. You mm-hmm. gotta go find the clients. And again, positioning yourself too, because I think the other thing that we don't we we haven't talked about a whole lot either is this is why you build financial resources as well, right? To support you in that. So get you a business line of credit before you need it. So if you have to use it to make a hire to get you started, then you can get the client and they help pay for it. But you got to position yourself and position your business to be able to do things like that. So it's just a whole overall thing. This has been such an amazing conversation. And, you know, (laughs) me and you always have good talk whenever we get together. (laughs) What would you say to the person out there who's just getting started just now, you know, really trying to go all in with being responsible with their financials? What would you say to them? Well, one, I would tell them that it's okay. Most people get started and they are laser focused on whatever it is that their business does, right? And and making the coin, right? But now that you're aware, it's okay to now say, let me set aside some time to now manage the coin, right? I've been making the coin. Now let me make sure that I'm managing it as well. And make it, you know, make it a chill thing. It don't have to be that serious. Make it a chill <laughs> thing. And if you have a business bestie, do it with them. It doesn't have to be something that you do in silo. That way, too, if you haven't thought, you can bounce those ideas off of someone. But do it. <laughs> do it. I love that. I love that. Jeremy, thank you so much for sharing and saying yeah, yes today to coming on the show. I'm so glad we finally got to connect and do it. Beautiful people, thank you so much for joining us. I would love it if you hit the like button, hit the love button, share it with anybody else that you know needs to hear this information. If you have questions or comments, drop them down in the comments. We love to hear from you. Be sure to follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at your admin expert and subscribe to the email list on the website, yourvirtualadminexpert.com for more tips, tools, and strategies. Jermaine, tell the beautiful people how they can connect with you. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at The Visionary Accountant. I'm actually pretty active there. I do a lot of videos. You can binge a lot of my content. But yeah, come and say hi. All right, beautiful people. Thank you for tuning in. And I will see you next week for another segment of Leading Behind the Scene. Did you know you can join the community and start the conversation now? Click the link in the show notes, start a conversation about what resonated with you most, or bring a question you have from the episode. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of Leading Behind the Scenes. I hope you found some encouragement or helpful information today to help move your business and or your life forward. If you have a specific topic you'd like me to talk about or guests you'd like me to have on the show, feel free to send me a DM on Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn. I love connecting with my listeners. 
Also, be sure to follow the podcast so you never miss an episode and leave me a rating review. I'll see you next week.